Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here at Think 17, an event in New York City that's hosted by Co-op Financial Services. I'm joined today by John Bazard, who is the fraud specialist at Co-op, and Paul Love, the new CISO at Co-op. So let's talk a little bit about the overall theme for Think. John, you mentioned that digital transformation is, is kind of the overall, overall theme, but the corporate theme or corporate mission moving forward for Co-op is this message of seamless and secure. Could you elaborate? We're here gathered in New York with about a thousand credit unions and people to talk about this digital transformation that everyone is on, seeing their products and services moving into the future. But also from a corporate standpoint, we've really focused tremendously this year on being both seamless in the sense that we want to be easy to work with, but highly secure as an organization for our credit unions in every way, especially with the fact that we process payments for the largest credit union service organization in the U.S. So it's a, a big mission, but it's one that we've stepped up to, and we're really focusing on that. And Paul, I know you just recently joined Co-op, so this is probably a little bit of a loaded question for you, but you know, this message of seamless and secure, how does that kind of fall into to the role as CISO, your new role? So ensuring that information security is part of everything that we do, and having that mindset and culture in the organization, which does exist, um, but reinforcing it and making sure you know that information security is part of the beginning of the processes and technologies that we put in place and also a continuous improvement activity. So let's talk about the differences and perhaps commonalities between information security and fraud. They are different, but there is an intersection there. Yeah, absolutely. So information security is about the protection of information, assets, and um, information, you know, confidentiality, integrity, availability. Fraud is, uh, you know, about protecting against um, some of the de deliberate deception to gain some type of monetary gain or something from that standpoint. So they're very closely aligned in a lot of ways, but they are two separate functions, and you have two separate types of groups that need to focus on them, but they definitely work hand in hand. Um, what you often see is that there's what's called multi-channel attacks that often occur you know someone will attempt to do a denial of service attack on an organization and at the same time um, be trying to attempt some type of fraud so they, they try to hide their tracks a little bit so you'll often see that an information security incident has some type of fraud component to it and that's why the two teams need to work extremely closely together John, I'll, I'll ask you the, the same question. You've been with Co-op Financial Services for less than a year, um, but a little bit longer than Paul, although you've been focused on fraud for a number of years. How do you see this intersection um, evolving? Would you say it's the same type of thing that, that Paul says, multi-channel attacks? Absolutely. And you know, We have the fraud actor today that we often call the social engineer. So there's sort of this handshake between what Paul does and what I do. And the great example that Paul decided with the DDoS attack, right? Um, it has always been my belief, and I try to share it with people, when you're under attack, it's the most wonderful diversionary way to also do things like introduce malware into the system. If everybody's over here in one corner trying to deal with a denial of service attack, what a fantastic way to also plan a little bit of malware into the ecosystem of the entity that's targeted. So, And then, later in my world, we discover that we have payment card breaches, loss of information, and we suffer as a society today with the aggregation of lots of information and it's got a monetary value to it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't seem to be changing. So how is co-op helping to reinforce or facilitate the sharing of threat intelligence between fraud and information security? Well, from my perspective, um, we have been driving a lot of outgoing communication. Every month we get together with a few hundred credit unions and we talk shop 
Um, it's a very open-ended webinar format that I've done for years. Um, and we talk about the latest and greatest things that are targeting credit unions. If it's pretty much electronic and financial and fraud, we're probably talking about it. Also, we have outgoing corporate communications, and we try to just spread the word. Every channel that you can imagine that people want to adopt, we try to have a presence there. So whether it's through the web, um, some people love Twitter, so we have a co-op fraud buzz Twitter feed um, where I try to actually put really good tangible pieces of information, even things from your own website, Tracy. So lots of good bits and pieces because people, you know, you just have a small amount of time to learn every day. So mm -hmm. we try to encapsulate that in a way that people want to consume it. And Paul, I know that, that you're relatively new to the organization, but do you kind of envision playing a similar role mm -hmm. or kind of working in tandem with what John's doing there to help share threat intelligence? Yeah, absolutely. We'll, you, we'll definitely be partnering with our, our fraud group and, and sharing that information out and corporate leadership and providing um, you know, threat intelligence um, as we discover it and find it, and then participation in some of the other um, industry-wide groups like FSISAC and some of the other groups. So you'll, you'll start seeing co-op uh, a lot in that as well. So, John, let's go back to something that you mentioned earlier, and that is talking about some of the challenges or fraud concerns, cybersecurity issues that credit unions are facing. You mentioned earlier that C-suite and email attacks, which I would put business email compromise in that, but it's more than just BEC, has now totaled $3.1 billion in losses. Absolutely. So that's what the FBI is telling us. So as of probably a year ago, the losses were roughly at about a, a $3 billion, $3.1, so they're probably significantly more today. But it's another example of this very strategic method that fraudsters are using to go through um, business networking websites you know, entering the name of an organization, finding the list of the employees, um, maybe even seeking out um, either high net worth or powerful individuals within those organizations to um, further their efforts to do things like the W-2 scams that we read about. Um, it seems incomprehensible when you think about it that I could spoof an email that sort of looks like mine and send an email to Paul and say, hey, I need you to send me all the W-2 information for all of our employees and I need it in 40 minutes if I were in that kind of position to do so. You scratch your head and you think, how do people fall for that? But here's the, here's the click. We're busy. We don't slow down. There's never that moment of clarity where someone who's the victim says, I don't think this is a good idea. I should go get a drink of water and come back and revisit this. That's how these things are perpetuated all the mm -hmm. time. Which makes sense. Sure. So let's let's take that a step further, Paul. What are some of the, the biggest issues that you see facing credit unions from a cybersecurity perspective? I often hear credit unions talking more about some of the fraud concerns as they relate to pay-at-the-pump skimming, ATM skimming, counterfeit card fraud. What are you hearing? So, you know, there's been some recent reporting out that um, a large majority of data breach victims from the last year, in fact, um, had under 1,000 employees. So the attackers are starting to focus, um, you know, they know that the bigger organizations that are well-funded from a cybersecurity or a fraud perspective um, are putting in better controls. And while they may not get as big of a payday if they focus on some of the smaller organizations, 
they're starting to focus their attention on the smaller ones because that's where they're being more successful. So, you know, ensuring that you have um, a good program in place and a lot of, you know, coordination between those two teams, even at the smaller organizations where may not have been considered in the past, is critically important because, again, the, the attackers are going to focus on the areas where they can get some type of gain and, you know, the big guys are, are they know that they're not able to get through as much and get that big payday. So they'll just aggregate a lot of smaller paydays unfortunately. So let's talk about a type of scam that we were seeing, gosh, 10 years ago, even continuing up into seven years ago, but it's something that you mentioned earlier, and that's ACH and wire fraud. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the FFIC came out with updated authentication guidance back in 2010, 2011, but it still seems to be an issue mm -hmm. that credit unions are facing, and you even mentioned W-2 scams. Yeah, so again, as John had mentioned, you know, they the attackers will use it, a phishing approach, right? They'll just blast out emails to large groups of people or social media websites, and they'll find that person who they think can initiate um, some type of wire transfer or some type of W-2 um, thing and we all we see these types of scams especially the W-2s really um, escalate during um, tax season so you know they'll do that um, take that approach and they'll use the uh, we it's classic right you you see that they do the speed right like hey I need this immediately or um, the secrecy like hey I'm in I'm in the middle of a big you know something right don't share this with anybody this is super secret um, I need you to get this to me right away I need to get this money for you know a, a trade a deal that we're doing or I need to get all the w-2 information you know because we're gonna do employee transfers right so they depend on that secrecy and they they'll do that so you know it's an old one but it continues to, to be propagated because unfortunately it's successful yeah, you know, and, and one of the questions that I posed to both of you earlier was what are some of the unique challenges that you see credit unions facing from a cybersecurity and fraud prevention perspective? It doesn't really seem like they're facing anything that's really unique or different. It's just maybe helping to build awareness. I would agree. I think also, you know, every business enterprise, regardless of what it is, um, the weakest link is more often than not the human link, right? And so sometimes when I'm talking to people I really want to stress the importance of not only education because that becomes a cliche and I think our ears are deaf to it um, we always say educate your employees train your employees but that's a little trite in the sense that we forget exactly what we need to do and a lot of times you know today if people could just kind of adopt something that's a little bit fresh and different think would be very helpful. I was thinking the other night about this that it sounds silly but you know when you go to the seashore it's relaxing and you're sort of slowing down and your mind clears right so if you just think about the acronym of C stop evaluate then act if we could kind of get to that point mm -hmm. think about all the things that we would prevent if we just if you kept your finger from clicking on that button that introduced ransomware into your organization we are the hero of the day instead of perhaps the former employee of the day. Right. And, <laughs> to, and to build on that, you know, that's absolutely critical because the human is the most important portion of this, right? I, you go to these conferences and you see all these amazing technologies, but, you know, without the human participation, um, it, it, it means very little. So, you know, and the awareness portion is absolutely critical, but making awareness not boring, right? And making it engaging is really critical. And the thing that, you know, I've seen that's been successful is getting people, um, showing people how to protect themselves and their families and their home life, and then they'll bring those behaviors into work, right? So, you know, taking that different approach of not making it about 
just protecting the corporation, which people will buy into and believe in, but also share with them how to protect the, the activities that they're going to do, protect them at home as well. And then they just naturally behave the way, you know, that you would want them to and taking the break mm -hmm. and stopping. So that's really important is making sure that it's um, engaging. Right. And, you know, everything we're talking about is just social engineering, yeah. you know, at its finest, right? Absolutely. It is. It's a human, yeah. it's a human problem. Yeah. So before we close, I'd just like to ask each of you one more question, and that is, from co-op's perspective, what kind of services are you providing from a fraud prevention and even cybersecurity perspective to help build information sharing among your members or even help them prevent fraud? And John, I'll start with you. Well, sure. So let me just talk about it from sort of a product perspective, and then we'll... Um, let Paul talk about it from sort of a service and, and uh, awareness perspective. We have managed the risk for credit unions for a very long time. Um, we have the best possible neural net models in the, the country. We have a really fabulous false positive ratio. So we have a lot of really good things that are happening. But we're also being very innovative and as part of our digital transformation, if you will, we are exploring and launching machine learning. So it's something that we're able to uniquely deliver to credit unions that hasn't been done before. Uh, so there's a wide variety and a full stack of things that we do here. And we do a lot of collaboration, do a lot of consultative interaction with our credit unions, and we're planning to increase that also this year. So good things for credit unions. Yeah, and, and information sharing, I think, is the, the most important portion. Um, you know, sharing the information that we learn, um, some of the best practices and how organizations can secure themselves are some of the things that you'll be seeing that we'll be doing more and more um, that we've done in the past as well, but we'll, we'll continue to move down that path. Well, thanks to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Again, we just heard from John Bizard and Paul Love of Co-op Financial Services for Information Security Media Group. I'm Tracy Kitten.